Hello, welcome to Behind the Music Podcast. I am Bridget Devin, your host, and today I'm very excited to welcome Craig Pilo with Groove Tower Music. Craig, I'm sorry, I should have asked this beforehand. Did I pronounce your last name right? You did. Okay, great. Awesome. So Craig is a producer and composer and the founder and owner of Groove Tower Music. They provide original production music, custom music composition, cue sheets, and music supervision. Craig, I'm very excited to have you here. Talk all things music and business. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. So can um, can you share with us a little bit about yourself and how Groove Tower Music got started? Uh, I can, actually. I've spent most of my career as a performer mm-hmm. and a touring musician, a touring drummer, to be exact. And um, probably in 2007 or 2008, I don't know, the late 2000s, I just kind of realized that um, I needed to get something else going on outside of touring. And touring is great. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing bad to say about it. But um, I had been doing it for a long time already at that point. And even since 2007, I did it for another 11 years past that, pretty much full time. Um, so in 2000, 2000, 2007, 2008, I started writing, uh, production music for TV and film for production music libraries. And, um, I started to get a lot of placements and a lot of, you know, a lot of cool stuff. And I'd watch TV and be like, Whoa, that's my music on there. You know, and, that's so cool. um, yeah, it was, it was cool and it was rewarding. And, um, in 2018, I ended up just by coincidence, um, you know, getting out of my full-time gig for the last 15, uh, 14 years and um I wanted to move more into sync full time. Mm-hmm. Um so that's when I started Groove Tower Music or at least got the idea in my head in 2018 that I wanted to do it more full time. Mm-hmm. And um because I have such great timing, Groove Tower Music actually became an LLC on March 20th, uh 2020. The day yeah. pretty much the day the world shut down. So I yeah. was all excited about my company and bang the pandemic. Yeah. So and that's kind of where we are now. We're all kind of I think, you know, I'm not alone in the music industry that everything's been kind of thrown into a blender for the last few years. I mean, acts are starting to get back out and tour. The touring guys are going back out on the road. um, And I connect with all my touring buddies and stuff. But I'm I'm very happy here in my home studio and working at other studios throughout creating music for TV and film. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now with Groove Tower. That's where I'm at with me. That's awesome. Um, I um I totally feel you on the the boom of the pandemic. It, it it's such a challenge that musicians and artists and anybody in music and you know entertainment industries dealt with. And I can't imagine how hard that'd be where that's like the beginning of your LLC. So um so glad to talk to you now. Obviously you've done well for yourself. So um big congrats there. Um I did want to touch on so I I I am I was telling you as an artist, you know. I'm so curious about different ways you can work in the music industry. And so um, can you share with me, what was it like transitioning from a touring musician into getting into this space and kind of from the sense, like if you were, you know, if somebody came to you who was interested in doing that themselves, or like if you had to start over, how would, what would be your best advice in doing that? Well, I, I tell you, the acclimation period was difficult for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, for any touring musician, you know, your life depends on the phone ringing and you're always looking for the next gig. And again, in 2007, 2008, I'm not saying that I saw it coming because nobody saw the pandemic coming or anything like that. But I saw that I needed to get something else going on outside of touring. But I also had an open mind to it. I didn't feel like I was defined by the gig that I was doing. A lot of touring musicians have that. If you're not working, 
you're useless. If you're not on a big tour, you must be a terrible musician. And, you know, I never thought that. And um, I was never scared to lose a job and move on to the next. There's always been plenty of opportunities for me. Um, it's, it can be a difficult mindset, but it is that. It is just a mindset. It's, it's yeah. not diminishing your ability to go into a different area of the music business, but you also have to be open to it. You also mm -hmm. have to be willing to adapt and make some changes and also understand that just because you're a great musician doesn't mean that you're going to be great at sync right away. Sync has, yeah. you know, music for TV and film has, has rules and there's basically templates that you have to follow in certain instances. And for the creative types or the jazz guys or the guys that like to improvise, it doesn't always gel. So there's a learning curve to it. Yeah. Um, but it's a mindset. And if you can get past that, you can be successful in both. Um, I had some really good mentors on both sides. You know, I had guys um, um, that really took me under their wing and showed me how to be successful in sync. But the difference is I listened to them. I didn't go into it pretending I knew everything. If you listen to yeah. my music in 2007, 2008, it was terrible. Actually, not terrible. It wasn't right for a lot of situations. It was right for things that were happening in my mind but maybe not on actual TV, you know? Um, and then as I evolved over the past 13, 14, 15 years, you can hear the, the sync music now that I write is, wow, it's perfect for the picture. It's perfect yeah. for the Kardashians driving to the mall. It's perfect for the murders of Orange County, the tension music and stuff. So it's, it's a mindset. You can yeah. do it. So my message to the touring guys that want to get into sync is you can do it. You know, it's yeah. just, you have to understand that because you're a great guitar player or a great piano player or a great jazz improviser, that doesn't make you great at sync. Either you have to, you have to be willing to adapt to the change, and it takes some time. It took me some time, um, but I did it gradually, and it didn't happen overnight. And now, you know, like now, I have people coming to me for music and stuff. People saying, "Hey, Craig, I need you to do this and do that." And mm -hmm. again, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Very cool. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm curious with, like sync, is, you know, how how do you get your company position so that people are coming to you looking to work with you or is it like a word of a mouth word of mouth thing is it like you know um like how do you get that visibility and build those connections well it's difficult but i i again i i primarily built it on my sync history my as a composer and a producer my imdb page is mostly my credits but what's cool about the way the industry works and, and the traveling musicians relate to this too if people like what you do and they assume what you do is a quality product they assume you're going to work with quality people and quality composers so now i put out a, a brief saying hey i need this kind of music and i get to select um the music that's sent to me and i get to be kind of picky about that and say yes i think this will work i'll go ahead and sign it to my publishing company no listen you need to go fix that you know you know hit me back after you've rewritten it um, I also work uh, part-time for Taxi Music in Calabasas, um, and that's basically a screening service um, for um, TV and film production libraries. Okay. So that's also another small part of what I do. I also got good at, at screening music working there. You know, you hear lots of music and stuff. So it just, again, it, it, it helped you, it, it helped me adjust my mindset that I can be good in one area of music besides just touring, you know? Yeah. And and did you say that you do you um, still perform live? Uh, oh yeah, quite frequently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I never had to give that up. I just had to be more selective about what jobs I took. So and that's kind of um, nice. 
Yeah, so I, I do, I perform at a, a big church up the road here at Westlake Calvary a couple times a month. Um, I still play quite a few jazz gigs. Um, I work for a couple agencies in town. I prefer to be a fill-in guy. I don't really want mm-hmm. a regular, like, Saturday yeah. night wedding band. But I yeah. do like doing it. And, you know, again, this is Los Angeles. So you're always running into burning guys, like burning musicians, burning singers on, on all these gigs. So you can't mm-hmm. really discount any of them. Uh, I just, I'm a little more choosy now with my time. That's all. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, absolutely. Um, I was going to ask too, could you share a little bit about like what's day-to-day operations like at Groove Tower Music? Um, it sounds like you're having new projects in all the time, but do you feel like there is kind of this similar day-to-day thing happening or is it just every day is a new day? Um, well, it's a difficult question because um, I'm still relatively new to the day-to-day with Groove Tower dealing with that on a full-time basis. So that is new to me. I'm going on year number three. Um, actually, March next month will be year number three on the nose, March 20th, actually. Um, so for the first couple of years, it was mostly organizing my music that hadn't been placed, um, filling out folders with what needed to be like, I need some more investigative tension or I need, a, you know, I need some more um, like, you know, urban country or any whatever. So I was mostly getting organized for the first year. And then when the requests started coming in, now I'm like, oh, I need to put out a brief for that. And then I'll get all the music from the people. I need to get out the contracts. And my wife used to help me with that, but now she's working for Warner. But it's like Warner Brothers stole my best employee. And <laughs> so now she's working for Warner Brothers and I can't afford my own wife anymore. I can't even afford <laughs> helping me with the work. So um, yeah. So I, I, there's a fair amount of admin stuff, administrative stuff, and certainly the metadata that, that yeah. takes up a lot of time. Um but I do the music during the day. I still write and produce a lot, either for myself or for other people. If it's a prominent placement and another library calls me a competitor and they say, hey, you know, we need music for this. And it's, you know, but it's going on NBC. I'll kind of make that a little bit more of a priority because those network p- placements tend to pay a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Groove Tower goes, we're starting to get some of those requests as well. And I have to juggle my own writing with the people, with the composers that give me their music, make sure mm. they have a publishing contract. Then I kind of have to interface with the music supervisor, just like this via Zoom yeah. and go, okay, mm-hmm. how many of these do you want? When do you want them? How do you want it delivered? What's the, you know, um, how we, you know, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a very much a full-time job. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. Absolutely. Um, sorry if you're hearing this chiming thing, but um, you know, for me, myself, you know, just the business admin side it can just be because a lot of it can be a huge learning curve and just time takes time to like figure out like, okay, what is this really asking? And so it, it's just, it's it, that the challenge of balancing it. So you can stay focused on the the part of the work that you love, which is that creative part, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask too. Um, uh, oh, so you were talking about like composers that you work with. Do you, um, do you welcome new composers or like, or do you have set composers that you like to work with or artists or, you know, kind of from the lens of like, like a, a new artist who's looking to get into sync, what, like how, what are your thoughts on how people, artists could break into that? For those people that are trying to get into sync, I recommend going to taxi.com and signing up for that service there. Cool. Um, because that offers a big educational uh, introductory Thing to the world of sync that I can't offer. I don't have time to mentor and tutor people. Um, yeah. I just, um, I have time to say, yes, that cue works for what I need. 
No, I don't. And I don't even really have time to like critique it and explain why. I just, mm. there's just not enough time. When you're dealing with hundreds of cues uh, a day, potentially, like last week, I went through probably 200 things, um, yeah. you know, in the first two days of the week. And then I had to come up with contracts for all that and get it out. Yeah. And then, then curate those playlists, put them into disco, send them to the music supervisor in a timely fashion. So there just isn't enough hours in the day to mentor new people that want to get into sync. But for people that do want to get their music into sync, I recommend taxi.com. Michael Laskow, the CEO of that is very educational and he cares deeply about helping people get into it. And, and if you actually kind of do everything he says and the company says, you'll make, you'll make your money back within, within a couple of years. Um, cool. You'll be, you know, you'll be making back end, you'll be making residual income. And that's, that's like an educational thing that I can't provide here. I just most, totally. most um, absolutely. Yeah. So if someone, piece. oh yeah, absolutely. I wrote it down. I'm like, this is very interesting. I want to check that out. Um, so, um, if you had like, okay, so, um, minus the artists who would be like brand new to sync, but artists who are involved in sync, they know the, you know, the landscape, how to operate in it. Do, are you somebody who does look, um, welcome, like new artists or new composition or, or, or is that, you kind of have your set group. You're like, this is what I work with. I would love to open it up to people I don't know shortly. Uh, and my, yeah. my goal is that the, the demand for what I do here will be so great in, yeah. in a year or two that I will need to take on more than I can. Right now, my roster is, um, is pretty set. I have, yeah. um, I have three or four writing partners that I write with directly that I create with here in my own studio. And then I probably have another 10 to 20 where I send a brief out um, I actually just sent my third brief. Um, I only started asking for music last August. Like last August was the turning point where I wasn't able to supply everything myself. I needed help. So yeah. that's when I really got the wheels turning here. Um, so my fourth brief hopefully will come soon. And um, again, if, if, if I max out what I'm able to, to um, produce here, I will certainly extend that to people that I don't know. But for right now, it's a little bit of a closed um, totally. to people that are tried and tested because I just, again, and it's not because I don't believe that there's untapped talent out there. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's really talented people that I hope, you know, that I hope to be in touch with at some point, but right now for time and expediency, uh, if that's a word um, mm -hmm. for being time and expedient with my time, I don't know, however you want to yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I have to stick with the people that kind of know my drill. Definitely. Um, well, and um, I, we'll close out with this question because you're kind of talking about what a little bit about your vision for like a year from now. Can mm -hmm. you share um, about your vision and where you see uh, Groove Tower music in the next year or five years or um, what that looks like? Wow, what a great question. You're the first person <laughs> to ask me that. And, uh, oh, great. And it's, and it's funny because I've, I've had these visions, but they're just in my head and nobody wants yeah. to hear. Them. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I would like to expand Groove Tower to, you know, to uh, independent films. Um, and I think that's where you got my name from, right? On one of those Facebook things that I just recently joined. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was. Well, I, I think I got it from a Google search. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure where it came from. So I'm doing another <laughs> podcast then with somebody from the independent film thing. But uh, yeah, I just I, I would like to get more into independent films because I, I really feel like there's more room for creativity in that space. Mm. The, the production music for TV is great, but it normally fits in a box. You know, we need dramedy, we need this, and that's great. I'm not discounting that either. That I really enjoy tapping into that part of my brain to, to, 
to make that happen. But the independent films thing, I think there's a little bit of leeway. There's actually a chance for some creativity to happen for everybody yeah. to make their mark. Not just me, but maybe one day this studio's um, music can support somebody else's vision and help tell a story. And I would love a greater request roster of those type of clients. Absolutely. Um, I would love to get in that kind of space where, oh, Craig, we have this scene where this is happening and there's some tribal drumming and they're coming to, you know, whatever, whatever the scene, whatever the thing is. Um, or, or maybe a nice period piece from the 70s where there's a jazz club and then the guy meets the girl or whatever. I would love to solve a problem in one of those scenes outside of doing the score. The other side of it, too, is I sent some music out last week as a demo um, to get into some more independent films. I think the, the production company called and asked me to score the whole film. And I was like, oh, man, I would, <laughs> that's something else I would love to do at some point. But I'm just not, yeah. I'm not I don't have the time to do that right now. I have I have done it before and I really enjoy it. But that's not on the list of stuff to do. Scoring the whole film is not right now. I just like doing music for film and TV. Yeah. Maybe the scoring would be like five years out, six, seven, well, ten years, you know? Oh, I have I have tons of friends that, that do it. And I, I made some very strong referrals, um, mm -hmm. you know, so the person who asked me to do it got some very, very qualified people in my place. Probably not probably more qualified people to do the job than myself. <laughs> um, that's cool. Well, you know, it's about building those connections. Um, so. Uh, sorry, I just lost my place here really quick. Um, okay, so before we go, Craig, uh, can you share with us how people can stay connected with you or anything else you would like to promote about Groove Tower Music? No, that's it. Uh, it's, you know, it's a custom music, it's a custom music production studio. And, um, you know, we, we're, we're filling needs for people. I like to think we're solving problems. We're not just yeah. another, I don't have 3 million titles that could be on your desk by tomorrow at noon. So again, if that's what, people are looking for from the big TV shows. That's not really what I do. I, I focus on quality over quantity, um, really customized, um, as much live playing as possible, if that's what it calls for. Um, and I'm pretty accessible. You can check out GrooveTowerMusic.com. I still have my website as a drummer, CraigPilo.com. Uh, I don't have time to go on social media a lot, but I am on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, I think I mostly post pictures of wine on there, but, you know. <laughs> So, I love it. Yeah, I am. I am pretty accessible, um, you know, uh, but Craig at Groove Tower Music is probably the best way. Awesome. Well, Craig, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insight. Uh, it's been wonderful having you as a guest and um, just very appreciative of your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and good luck with the podcast. Thank you so much.